Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Talk Wrestling. Hello and welcome to Talk Wrestling on your Fight Night Boxing feed from Talk Sport. And what a show we have coming up for you this week. Three absolutely stellar interviews from across the world of wrestling with a bit of a fascinating twist to one of them coming up. We're going to have the former Impact Knockouts champion, the former Impact Knockouts tag champion, Jordan Grace, is going to be here. I loved her work when she was here in the UK Indies, working with Progress, etc. And she's going to tell us why she chose to re-sign with Impact over going to, say, an AW or a WWE. We're going to talk to an AEW superstar, one of the emerging names, someone who's really impressed. I'm pretty sure he won the Talk Wrestling Award for Breakout Star last year. Ricky Starks joins the show for a full-on half-an-hour chat. Plus, he's been released by WWE as part of the latest round of NXT releases. Jake Atlas joins the show, except the interview happened pre-release. It's like a historical document. We think it's fascinating. We think you're going to enjoy it. It's all coming up on the Talk Wrestling Podcast from TalkSports. You're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Will Gavin, the man doing the interviews, my main man, the main man for all things graps from Talk Sport is Sir Alex of McCarthy. Uh, check him out on Twitter at AlexM underscore TalkSport. And I'll get it in right at the top. Don't forget, if you enjoy the show, if it's your first time listening, make sure you're subscribed. If it's your 90th time listening, make sure you give us a rating and a review. It really does help more people find the show. And what I must do now is I must apologise. There is going to be a new release schedule for Talk Wrestling where it will come out every Tuesday morning in your Fight Night feed. But due to some changes at TalkSport of how Fight Night Extra is going to work with the DAZN stuff going on and everything else in Fight Sports, it's been a bit of a delayed podcast this week. It's been a little bit messy. So we're getting it out. We're getting the interviews out to you. We want you to hear these, but we'll be on a new release schedule from next week every Tuesday. Right, coming up later in the show, Jake Atlas is going to join us. Fascinating conversation, considering it happened just before his NXT uh, release. We're going to be bringing you Ricky Stark shortly, but let's kick things off with the former Impact Knockouts champion telling us just why Impact is the place to be for women's wrestling. The brilliant Jordan Grace speaking with Alex McCarthy here on Talk Wrestling. 
Welcome back to Talk Wrestling here on Talk Sport in the UK, the only place, of course, where you can get your grabs on national radio. Now, this week, we're a lovely special guest we have from the world of impact. There's me, Jordan Grace. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm great. You know what? I've actually been chasing your interview for a while unbeknownst to you I've been chasing uh, <laughs> impact and the powers that be and I'm glad that it's uh, we've finally been able to get you down you, you don't even know this probably but you're on our talk wrestling banner you're one of the faces Jordan. no I didn't I didn't know that I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to seek that out now to see <laughs> I'll tell you it's a who's who Wait, Jordan I'm on the banner and you haven't interviewed me yet exactly I feel like <laughs> this is a this is a coming to moment uh, <laughs> Finally legitimized the show. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it's been awesome to get you on here. There's so much stuff that I want to get into. Um, first things first. Uh, congratulations. I saw on your Twitter, you're out breaking records and stuff and not in the wrestling world, in the powerlifting world. Uh, that's super cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best on both ends here. <laughs> <laughs> How do you juggle that, though? It looks so tough. Like, you know, obviously the powerlifting. Uh, talk us through that a little bit for those who aren't aware of what you achieved last weekend. So actually, I was pretty lucky because I got 10 weeks off from Impact pretty much, like eight to 10 weeks. And so I was like doing powerlifting training full time during that time. So I credit that to helping me break the records. I don't think I could have done it with a full wrestling schedule and then trying to fit in powerlifting training in between. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much you know about powerlifting, but <laughs> there's basically, yeah, a little bit. It's not, <laughs> it's not in the Olympics, first of all. So I will say that weightlifting and powerlifting are, are two completely separate things. But powerlifting is basically just three lifts, squat, bench, and deadlift. And you just try to lift up as much as you can. <laughs> is that like just an itch that you wanted to scratch? You know, you wanted to just do something like that outside wrestling? Um, I was doing powerlifting competitions a couple of years ago, but then COVID hit and, you know, ah. stuff got shut down. So I've been trying to, to get back into it, but it was difficult because we moved states and it's hard to kind of find a powerlifting coach. The powerlifting world is, is gate kept a lot like pro wrestling is. So right. unless you have someone to kind of like bring you into it, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult. So I was having a hell of a time trying to find someone to, to let me in basically. So is there, um, sorry to like center around powerlifting, um, no, no, but no. like, is there, um, where's the goal from here? Cause like, obviously you've crushed it at, uh, what is it? The nationals or state? Where do you it, go from here? Yeah, we, It was a state and national qualifying meet. So your powerlifting days are far from done then. No, I I'm, I'm definitely going to be competing in a lot more competitions. Well, speaking of competing, uh, my word, I've enjoyed watching you in impact. The thing I want to start on with impact, right. Is you signing your new deal this year. Uh, it was obviously much talked about. Jordan Grace is going to be a free agent. Everyone was, uh, the rumor mill was going into overdrive and ultimately you re-upped with impact. Um, just talk me through that decision basically. Um, man, Impact is is really the best place for me. I do not do well right now, at least with like a super heavy schedule. And I feel like that's pretty much every other wrestling company that I could assign with realistically, like WWE uh, training constantly shows Mm -hmm. feel like that's, that's like a a 24 seven job at that point. (laughs) And uh, AEW they're, they're on the road on a weekly basis. Um, I know that they sometimes film dark well into the night, you know, two, 3 a.m., something like that. So I just felt like Impact would let me do powerlifting. So it's allowed me to do that. 
it's a much lighter schedule. It's once it's been once a month. Um, and I also do like, uh, I do a part-time job doing like transcribing work. So I can do that too. <laughs> I need, I need you for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So I see, um, with the major play then was more of your lifestyle, right? That for you and, and you've been able to pursue other things and probably not overload yourself. Was it just a case of that impact felt like the right place for you to be right now? Yeah, I definitely think that's it. I don't think I'm, I'm willing to, to sacrifice like, you know, a hundred percent of the other stuff I do in my regular life right now. Maybe one day, who knows, but <laughs> just not yeah. today. Maybe one day. Um, Another thing that I want to touch on from what you're doing right now is like the Rachel Ellering team, right? I'll get onto that in a second. Listen, I'm mad that you and Jazz didn't win the tag titles, Jordan. Uh (laughs) I'm I'm mad about it too. I thought thought we were going to win them just because it's a Jazz. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) for sure sure with Jazz, we're going to win them. But, you know, it is what it is, right? (laughs) I was was super happy to have won them with Rachel for those, what, like two, three weeks. Listen, I, I was in watching Sacrifice. I'm like, surely, surely. Um, just talk to me about how cool that was, though, in general. You faced her, then you teamed with her. Um, she's obviously a legend. Like, how cool was that whole process? She's she's just awesome. I don't know. It, like, that was just like a dream come true. Anytime you're in a locker room with someone who has, you know, pretty much as much experience wrestling as, like, I've been, I've been alive 25 years. She pretty much has that much time wrestling, which is insane <laughs> yeah. to me. So, and she's the most down to earth person you could ever possibly meet. Like a lot of people, they come in and they, they basically like, they act like they own the place and jazz just kind of melted right in. She blended right in with everybody and it was awesome. That's all I can really say about it. It was the coolest experience ever. Was, was that something that she wanted or was that was just pitched in general? Like, cause I just think it's cool that, that, you know, you're like, today and she's like you know a legend i just thought it was awesome the way it all came together was there anyone who particularly drove it i actually think it was tommy dreamer who ah. who like put the whole thing together yeah i think it was tommy dreamer i'm not 100 percent sure she don't quote me on that but i think that's how it ended up happening i mean i will quote I think... you on it you said it <laughs> yeah, a second. I, that's true, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no one no one's gonna no one's gonna read the don't quote me part they're just gonna read the, <laughs> exactly you set it up. You know, <laughs> unless you transcribe it of course you know then you make the rules but um no that, that's cool though because uh one thing everything i was going to say about behind the scenes now i know that you know like jimmy jacobs and tommy dreamer and there was a really really great team with impact um there's not so many women in like prominent positions backstage in the promotions we mentioned earlier, like AEW and WWE, mm-hmm. but like a Gail Kim and Madison Rain. Like how cool is that for you? Is that another, is that another like perk? Do you appreciate that having a, those women in those positions backstage? Yes. It's definitely a huge perk, especially when it's just like small stuff that, that guys don't really think about. Like it's, this, this is so like stupid, I guess, and petty, but like makeup artists, like, Usually we need makeup artists and we need them for a certain amount of time. Guys just, they don't comprehend that or they don't understand it. So Gail was the one that like got us two makeup artists now because we had one lady who was working, you know, eight hours straight trying to fit in 15 girls. So it's just like Mm. the small stuff like that, that we can kind of count on for them to go to bat for us. Or if we want, you know, more time during a match or something like that, then they'll go talk to the office for us, which I really appreciate. So moving to Rachel. 
um, the current tag partner and, and all that good stuff that you two have been together. Um, talk to me about how that then comes to pass. Is that a thing that like your friends or again, is it pitched? Uh, how does that come? So we weren't, we weren't, we were friends before, but we weren't as definitely as close as we are now. Like when she came to impact our friendship, like it was, it, it, it hit very aggressively. I guess you could say like we became right. best friends, like <laughs> super fast. Um, and I think part of it is just her personality. She has this, like, she's so loud and, and nice. She's like, she's like one of those people where she's so nice. You're like, this is, has to be fake. Like, I don't know if I, <laughs> but that's just how she is. Like she came to my powerlifting meet. She drove six hours to come to that, which was extremely special for me because I've never had like a wrestling friend do that for me. So I think she's awesome. She's like one of my best friends now and it's only been a couple months. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, and that's the other thing though. Like you've kind of, I guess, been more in to the tag team wrestling, like since you dropped the title to Diana and she's been mm-hmm. doing her thing as a champ. Um, I guess that's almost on purpose because one day it will come back around and it'll be great. But has yes. it been cool for you to kind of take the the break and, and really sink your teeth into tag wrestling? Um, It's definitely interesting because I never thought that it would be something that I, I wanted to do. I've always been a singles competitor and I'll tell you what, the, the one thing that I, that I like the most is, is getting a break during the match. <laughs> <laughs> as, as silly as that sounds, because you know, when you're a singles wrestler, you don't really have that luxury, but when you get tired in the match, you just look over and tag your, par- your partner in and you're good to go. So I, I appreciate that aspect of it. Although you, you know, you've got charisma anyway, but I guess it's nice to bounce off other people as well. You know, like even in the backstage skits, like particularly with Rachel, I find them very, very amusing. Um, I guess that must be like uh, creatively fulfilling as well. Yes, it definitely helps. And Rachel is like incredible at promos. I'm fine at them, but I always am like, oh, so you're going to you're going to start this off, right? So (laughs) 90 percent of our promos together, backstage stuff, you're going to see her start because I'm always like, yeah, you're going to start it. You're going to you're going to you're going to get the ball rolling for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of like, you know, doing other things outside of the title, like you were a hell of a lot of fun in the X Division. Right. Talk to me about again, a how that came about and how much you enjoyed it. So it was awesome. I have literally no idea how it came about. I don't know who suggested it. I just was told one day, hey, you're going to be on this pay-per-view in this in this match. And I was like, okay, let's go. Um, but yeah, it was an incredible experience. Fingers crossed that it happens again, not in the not so near future. Like that was one of the coolest matches ever. Uh, I just, mm. I enjoyed it so much, honestly. Like <laughs> I know that women have competed in the exhibition before, but I just want to really be the one to win the X Division title. So hopefully I will be on the road to that at some point. Well, you did, Jordan, but you were robbed. We all know this. Yes, huh? that's very true. <laughs> but, I, but officially, officially, I want to be the one to win it officially. Yes, there you go. Um, I guess the, the other thing in regards to your character uh, that I would love to say, a big favourite of mine was uh, Big Mama Pump. I'm not going to lie. That was a favourite iteration of Jordan Grace for me. Uh, I, I know I've seen you tell the story about Scott Steiner before and uh, working with him, but like just generally how that came about, like I just, I remember uh, this sounds like so marky, I guess, but like even like Reddit and stuff. And it was like, Oh my God, like Jordan Grace and Scott Steiner, they met. And it was like a big deal because it was just so fun. Um, how was that for you? Obviously you were a fan of his, you know, and that's kind of what the gimmick was born out of and that. So just talk to me about how that whole came together. And then you ended up working together too. Yes. So 
honestly, the first time I met him, the first few times I met him, I'm 90% sure he, he had no idea who I was. <laughs> so, I, I mean, he doesn't get on social media like that. And the whole like thick mama pump thing came from um, a Twitter poll where I asked people, Hey, what should be my new moniker like years ago? So mm-hmm. that's just a very obscure fact. That's, that's where the name came from. And then I had also done like some video watching the, the Steiner math promo. And so people kind of latched onto that. And so I was like, well, I, I have to do it now. And then when I met Scott, yeah, like I said, 90% sure he had no idea who I was, but it was awesome for me personally to get to meet him. And when uh, they told us we were working together at impact, it was just like, what is even happening right now? I never <laughs> thought <laughs> I never expected to go from like a Twitter pool. That was kind of a joke. To, to doing it in real life. <laughs> I see you as well, like when, because he obviously he gives you the little slap on the butt that everyone was like, whoa. Uh, and you were like, I mean, it's very hard to say no to Scott Steiner. And I'm going to imagine it is. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's because it, it's Scott Steiner, right? Like, exactly. He's, he's, he's an old man. Like, I know we should, <laughs> you know, like stop doing that stuff. But I'm just like, man, it's, it's Scott, you know? <laughs> <laughs> powerless powerless against <laughs> Papa. um I, I guess you know before we have to wrap up here uh let's have a little talk about how impact has been just absolutely thriving these past i would say last two or three years has really been yeah. in the insurgency um, ever since yeah. i signed right like they pretty just, much been, pretty much <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know there's everything now i know that there's a lot of people out there that would love the you know forbidden door to be more open to the women right because Impact's division, we all know how celebrated it is. Um, the crossover opportunities. I know we saw Thunder Rosa, who is now AW, of course, um, mm-hmm. in an in Impact ring and stuff. But, like, is that something that excites you as well, those possibilities to get out there and do more like that? Because then I guess that suits you. You get your schedule and the dream matches. Honestly, I was super excited when it first got announced. But as the, the months have kind of dragged on with, you know, only a few things happening and never really for the women. I just, mm. I've been more d- disappointed than anything else, to be honest. I thought it was going to be definitely a, uh, a door that was wide open <laughs> instead of, you know, <laughs> people had to knock and only a few get in, get let in at a time. But, you know, that's the nature of the business, right? <laughs> do, do you have any idea why that is the case? Absolutely no idea. I'm sure it has a lot to do with politics and, you know, mm. who can go over there. You know how it is. People don't want their people to lose and so on and so forth. <laughs> mm. Oh, well, we, we can still wish. We can still dream. Yes, but either... I can still hope and dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> but either way, like I say, Impact's been in the um, ascendancy. Like for anyone listening to this show right now, and I know, as I'm sure you do, the UK has a very strong um foundation for impact there's a big uk collective Mm -hmm. of fans over here but for anyone who might not who are listening like what would you say to them about checking out impact oh my god impact has changed so much over the past couple years it's so much fun there's really something for everybody now it's character stuff they have like it's just so much fun like people have to watch it to really experience what impact is now yeah, I totally agree. Like I said, I think on pay-per-view as well, they've been killing it. Slammiversary was also an excellent pay-per-view. Uh, and now the powerlifting champ is going to be doing yeah. their thing. Let's uh, go, guys. Let's go. <laughs> that's, that's right. Impact <laughs> Plus, that would be here in the UK. So make sure you guys get on that and check out Jordan. Jordan, thank you very much once again for joining us here on Talk Wrestling. Glad we finally got to do it. Uh, can't wait to see what you do next, my friend. Me too. Thank you so much, Alex. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Welcome back to Talk Wrestling here on Talk Sport in the UK, the only place, of course, you can get pro wrestling on national radio in the UK. And man, have we got some esteemed company today. AEW star, man, FTW champ, nonetheless. It is indeed the man himself, Ricky Starks. How are you, my man? I am doing great. I'm, I'm living life to its maximum potential, especially with it being Friday here in the States. Uh, I'm going to go out and party a bit tonight. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, man, with the swag yeah. and the that you've got on yourself? That's what I'm saying. Why not? Live it up. <laughs> Well, we're lucky to get you uh, as a pit stop here on Talk Wrestling before you hit the town. Um, but man, like, uh, as I said to you before we came on, I've been a big fan of what you've been doing in AW. And I'm so interested to get into your journey a little bit for a lot of our UK listeners. Uh, well, for listeners everywhere, to be frank. Let's kick it off with coming into AEW, man. Like, I think, you know, you, you, I'm sure you remember going onto Twitter after that where you broke through for the TNT challenge and it was just like, whoa, Ricky Starks is in the place. Uh, the reaction was obviously amazing. Um, talk to me about getting the call to do it. And then I guess the reaction afterwards that led to saying, hey, let's make this a full-time gig. You know, it was crazy because I actually watched the Dynamite where Cody comes out and he says that the TNT challenge is open to everyone and then went on Twitter and clarified that it's open to literally everyone, even people who weren't signed. And Thursday, I was in the gym, and I had this vision that I came out, and I cut this promo, and, you know, and I had this match with, with Cody for the TNT title. And then Friday, I still had the same vision. And then Sunday, I got a text message where they were asking me, hey, do you want to come in and do this challenge? I was like, that's, that's insane. But it further supports my uh, belief in manif- uh, manifesting things that I want to happen and and whatnot. So honestly, after I had the match with Cody, I really thought that would be it. I didn't think that I was going to get hired just because we we're in a pandemic. I just figured 
that not only could I raise my stock on the indies afterwards, mm. but I would just circle back around with the company once the pandemic was over. And then the, the day that it aired, uh, I had a crazy, crazy, overwhelming, positive reception uh, to coming out. And then after the match, I got offered a contract. So <laughs> it, it, it was insane. Like, it's still insane to talk about because I just didn't, I didn't predict it. I couldn't have predicted it. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny as well. You know, you're talking about that somebody reached out to you with a text. Was there someone in particular that wanted Ricky Starks in AW? Is there somebody we can thank for bringing this to fruition? Not that I know of. We, we can thank Tony Khan for sure for, for you know, uh, signing me. I know that Tony had, he knew of me from my vignettes that I posted on Twitter as well as Cody uh, and a few other people there as well. Um, but I don't know who it was that I was actually talking to in terms, you know, through the, the text or in emails uh, in that regard. And because um, you were, now correct me if I'm wrong, I think your contract had expired of NWA just a couple months before that. Is that right? Like you were kind of looking for the next thing anyway, maybe. Yeah, it did expire. And I already knew that I wasn't going to resign. I just, I, I had gave myself a plan when I signed on to NWA and I knew that I wasn't going to be there for long. I, I just didn't want to be there for long anyways. So I knew that I had my window of making the most out of what I had with NWA was a very small window. So that's why I made sure to everything that I had, I was trying to hit on every cylinder and then, yeah. And then the pandemic hit and uh, you know, I was told, Hey, I don't think that'd be a good idea to not resign mm. with us. I was like, nah, I'll take my chances. So that's a good story of betting on yourself, man. I would say always, always, man. I'm I'm a self-made person. I've done everything on my own, and I never had anyone at AEW. Um, well, I never asked anyone, any of my friends, to get me in. You know, everything that I've gotten has been through my own volition in terms of the videos that I made, people seeing me from that, and my promos and whatnot. So it's a good feeling to have. At like, man, it's a very great feeling. Hey, and I know that before you hit NWA and stuff, like you'd been around, man. Like, I, I, seeing that you're just 27, I think, man, he's accomplished a lot early. Because um, you'd had like a flirt with WWE where you're doing some like extra bits and pieces. Like, talk me through that part of the journey, man, where you are, I guess, trying to find like, you know, I just said it there, find your stride. Because you certainly have now. But I guess in those times, you're still looking, right? Dude, it was, it was crazy. My first time I did uh, anything with WWE was a year after I had debuted as a wrestler. And I remember thinking when I got the call from them as, you know, to, to come in was like, oh, yeah, this is how I get signed. This is how this is how everything starts, you know. And so once that happened, uh, I really, really was able to get things um, get things started in that sense where I was like, okay, so I got the WWE stuff and I'm there doing extra work and this and that. And I'm going to ask people like uh, advice and this and that and really just really, really keep my ear to the ground. And then, dude, you do it so many times that eventually you realize, oh, these, these, they don't care. I'm just a body. And if they haven't done anything the past three years, they won't be doing anything right now. So I think at a certain point, I just wasn't that into doing the extra work anymore you know what i'm saying 
would you say like your eyes opened up a little bit, I guess, the more time went along and especially now where you are with, um, you know, AEW, I guess it's like a complete, I mean, that's generally speaking from all the superstars I do speak to from both companies, it does feel like a completely different feel between the two. Yeah. And the thing is, ultimately you can see like, okay, if I've been here so many times and shown them the progression and I've shown them everything that I can do and everything that I've been working on and there still isn't any a sniff of interest really you know just what am i doing why even waste going there i don't really care about the payday like Mm -hmm. that's whatever i don't i don't really the catering is good but (laughs) that's you know i want more than that yeah and man have you found more than that in aw like like i said it was really exciting when you were signed in general like it it seemed like aw at that point was in a real kind of uh a momentum, like you said, with the TNT title, because Cody was doing a lot of this kind of stuff. But man, in Team Taz, I really enjoyed uh, how that all came together because I'm, I mean, who, who isn't a fan of Taz, right? From uh, right. his run. Just talk to me a little bit about how that is pitched, how that comes together and working with the man himself. Honestly, Taz had saw me wrestle and was really complimentary to me afterwards and ultimately asked me if I wanted to be in the group. And so once, you know, once that happened, um, it kind of took off from there. I think the chemistry was pretty apparent, you know, the first time we were on screen. Um, and I also like the idea of it because you look at Taz and you look at Cage and you just wouldn't think of someone like me to fit along in that group. Well, especially with Hobbs yeah. as well, man. You know, well, huge. Well, yeah, but this is before Hobbs, though. Sure. So from, from, from the jump, it was just Cage and Taz. So... I thought that was pretty cool, and I like the idea of it. And I like that people don't really think of me as, like, a dude that can whoop your ass. But I can, and I will, and I have no problem doing that. And so having Taz to lean on sometimes is awesome in the sense that he gives me these nuggets of advice and a very good mentor and has helped me in terms of the entering stuff as well as the business side of things, too. I was going to say, man, because you, uh, you've got it pretty locked on the microphone. And I know Taz is an accomplished talker himself, but like, uh, you know, you've just said it there. Are those the kind of things that Taz has been able to help you with? Absolutely. The, um, the you know, especially for promos and whatnot, we'll bounce ideas back and forth off of each other. So that's great to have as well. Uh, but yeah, just, just having somebody there to say, hey, maybe this or that or hey, the business side of things too, about making sure my money's taken care of, that I'm saving, things like that. It, it's good to have. I was going to say, man, I even said this on Twitter the other week. You were cooking Brian Cage on that microphone the other week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, it was awesome, wasn't it? it the was charisma great. line. I was like, oh man, he's killed him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing with like, you know, you said Taz there, but AEW has so many heads like that. Um, it seems behind the scenes. Uh, and I know from speaking, you know, just an example, Britt Baker last month was saying how Chris Jericho is there to kind of bounce off. And um, is there any others that you would like, I guess, want to pay tribute to a little bit backstage who you've either just vibed with and, you know, on the same page or they've really helped? Man, uh, Tony, Tony is a really good person to vibe with uh, and collaborate with uh, Tony Khan. And uh, he's, he's helped a lot with some of those segments as well. 
Um, another person would be Cody, of course. Uh, Arn. Yeah. Uh, Jerry is, is another one. Um, Jake has helped me out, too. I know I'm forgetting some people, but those are just names off the top of my head uh, that have really, like, was there to just offer any type of advice. I mean, you mentioned a lot of legends there. Um, and as part of Team Taz, right, working with Sting and Derby has been like a, a central component, I guess, to what the group has been doing for the past, you know, Hangman Page as well. But before that as well would be Sting right. Darby. Uh, what a thrill that must have been. And, you know, I, I don't know, like, I guess it's a thrill, but were you terrified to work with him as well? Because it's his first match in forever. It's, it's crazy to think about, isn't it? It's really crazy to think uh, where I was, you know, two years ago to now. Uh, but I, I wasn't scared working with Sting. Um, Sting is a very, he's a legend, obviously, in his own right. And I was, I like the pressure of making sure that, hey, this is his first match back in six years, right? And that whole process was awesome to, to see. Because Sting, while there's some issues that we've had in the past with Sting, I still do, I've come around to respecting Sting. Cool. All right. You can hear it first. I do respect him. Um, but, you know, that is, that's in itself to not only have the best cinematic match ever in wrestling, but to also be in a ring and wrestle Sting is crazy. That's, that's just something I never thought I'd say. Mm. That's amazing, though, to have, you know, okay, wrestling Sting, obviously incredible. Um, but you said it right there, the cinematic match, that's a whole different experience, right? It's like a, it's like a day to do that, man. But it's cool because the, the art of it is something you'll have forever. Right. And the cool thing is, so that, that took two days to do. And I know that we all went into that with the mindset that this is going to be the best cinematic match ever. And so far, no one else has been able to touch it. It still stands at the very top as the best cinematic match, period. And no one can tell me different. Mm, it was awesome, man. I mean, speaking of awesome moments, uh, just to bump around here, uh, you winning the FTW title. Now, I'll say it here, man. You're not a bad guy, Rick, right? People are going to say you're the, the heel, quote unquote. Uh, but that crowd, man, they were happy to see you get your moment. Like That reaction must have felt great. That reaction was crazy. And I know there was people who, who were doing the, the yeah, but type thing. And it's like, well, you know, he, uh, he lives there and that's where he did mainly the indies there and whatnot, and all this stuff. And that kind of, they, I feel like that's kind of a cop out because yeah. I do think I'm very popular with people. And I think it's because I'm genuine and I'm actually uh, someone people care for. Uh, but to have that reaction and go out there and win was just insane. It, it was a very insane thing. And people talk about savoring moments, and that's one that I should have savored a little bit longer. Uh, but I'm so used to just being on the go. But, yeah, that, that was crazy. First match back after my neck injury, mm -hmm. there's a lot going into that. You say you're popular, man. I want to touch on um, you're very popular with Bailey. right? You're like, yeah. she, she loves a bit of Ricky Starks. Like, is there some one context best there? Friend. Yeah, like, had you ever done anything together, no trained or, or anything? Like, where does this relationship blossom from? Well, so me and Solo, Aaron Solo, used to be tag teams. Uh, we were tag team together, not tag teams. But, yeah. uh, and we used to live together. So I, I lived with him and I lived with her when uh, back in, I don't know, 2017 or something like that. 
And so I hadn't, I knew her, I met her in 2014 through Aaron. Mm. And so we were just all mutual friends. And yeah, we, we've definitely trained together. We've traveled together. She's a great person. She's helped me out with advice about life and the wrestling business. And she's, she's been there through it all for me, especially, um, you know, after the tryout that I had with WWE and not getting anything from them. She's, I love her. She's awesome. She's one of my closest friends. Love those little relationships in wrestling. It's always cool to see, like, you know, the support, social media and stuff. I think that stuff's really cool. Um, yeah, especially people who get it, you know, like they, they can relate. Mm, absolutely, man. Um, you know, you mentioned it earlier as well, the neck injury. Was that like the first kind of major injury of your career? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. That was I've never been injured before. Even wrestling through the worst of the worst wrestlers you could think of on the Indies. Never <laughs> got hurt. And yeah. so obviously I, I didn't know how to deal with that. And here's one thing that they don't tell you about the neck injury, the physical part. Yeah, that sucks. But the mental part is the worst thing of an injury because you can get depressed or you can go into these bouts where you start to doubt yourself and you're uncertain about your future and things like that. It, personally, I did feel like, Oh yeah, this is the beginning of the end for me. And I never even had a chance to get off the, the, the bench, so to speak. And so it, it was a rough period for me. And I'm still a little bit pissed off about it. And I'm still working through that. But, you know, this is they say this is the nature of the business. And you don't ever want to um, deal with it firsthand. But, you know, I, I'm glad to be back now. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, you know, it makes you stronger, right? Having to go through those sort of situations. Like you said, mentally... Yeah, you come out the other side stronger, right? Yeah, and you know you don't see it like that at first, and I don't think you realize that till years later. But it definitely did help me out a bit in terms of my mindset and trying to think in more of a positive scope, right? Uh, and 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 of course, other things too of having to be mentally strong and just staying the course. Mm. That's that's really it. Just staying the course. Were you like watching wrestling straight away or were you like, oh man, it sucks, I, you know? It was, dude, it was weird. There was times where I didn't really want to watch wrestling. And like, I don't know why. In the beginning, I didn't want to watch wrestling for whatever reason. I just wanted to be away with it. And then I think after I let myself get over feeling sad and, and pissed and all that stuff, I sat down and came up with a game plan. And I think that's when I kicked back in. I was like, all right, I'm watching more wrestling, you know, going to the practice ring and watching and watching um, just people at some of the local live shows, let's say. Uh, And so, you know, I I got back into it. Keep in mind, too, I was already being brought to TV every week. Yeah. So I think that in the beginning was a little bit rough because I had to see people uh, be able to, I had to watch wrestling at work and I couldn't do it. Yeah. And that's why I ask you, man, because, you know, you talk about manifesting, you know, and you wanting to see where you want to get to. And obviously when you can't physically do it, that's where the yeah. frustration must be. But then once you get along that journey, I bet your cog started turning, right? And you're like, okay. Yeah. And there, yeah. And there's times where you're like, do I still got it? Can I, does my mind still think the same? And the, don't get me wrong. There's still some fears that I have, but I think once I was able to not only sit down and come up with a game plan, but all right, this is what I'm going to do 
now everything else kind of fell into place. And I, at first I never thought about manifesting my own triumph over an injury. I just didn't think that was like something that I could do, but it's no different, you know? Mm. So it, it, it was a very interesting journey that I'm still learning from and I'm still processing. Mm. Well, speaking of things that we're still processing, man, obviously it was, it was tragic what happened to Brody Lee, of course, last year. I just want to get onto that quickly because um, obviously you had some time with him in the company, performed on the celebration show as well in that tag that was you know, emotional in and of itself. Um, you know, twofold question, man. What was it like to to perform and, and kind of, you know, try and do his memory justice? That must be a situation you've never had to really deal with before, but also memories of Brody, man. I, I so I, when I first started and I was getting situated backstage, Brody was so nice to me. Um, we, we changed in the same locker room. It was very inviting uh, to the point where we had our own little jokes uh, with the crew. Uh, it was the Dark Order boys and then Brody, of course. And it was just them. And then they let me stay in there and, and chain with them. And, uh, man, just Brody was so welcoming. And mm. I think he knew, like, how it was to be a new guy and really made sure that I, I was made to feel comfortable. Wrestling on that show, I'll never forget, was so bizarre. That was, I've never felt something like that backstage or even within myself. And I didn't know exactly what, how to describe that. But I did know that I wanted to at least do as good of a job as I could Hmm. for Amanda, for Nolan, and for Lil Brody. And just to make sure that they were happy, that they're entertained, and that at least for uh, uh, 10 minutes, for them and for everyone else, I could at least take their mind off of, you know, the situation at hand and they have fun and they enjoyed it. So I, I take pride in that match just because, one, the fact that they thought of me to be included in that was incredible. And, two, I like pressure and I like the pressure of making sure that I take care of the memory of Brody yeah I and listen man not only did you do a good job I thought AEW did a good job full stop because that situation itself in you know it's unthinkable but um the way that they kind of celebrated his life on that show I thought was amazingly well done like yeah. I imagine you guys were as pleased as you can be um the video package was awesome going out there before the show started and seeing everyone in attendance. I even get goosebumps thinking about it now. It, it, it was top to bottom. So good. And Tony is a great guy. Gave little Brody basically a contract hmm. when he's of age. And then they made sure that Amanda was taken care of. What's more important than that, man? What's more important than that? Um, yeah. Speaking of AEW doing well, man, the last four weeks now, over a million in the ratings. Um, the momentum just keeps absolutely flying with the company. Heading into all-out season, United Center sellout. It's just on the up and up, man. Like, Talk to me about the wave of momentum and, and I guess the backstage morale with that. It must be an incredible place to be right now. Dude, we're all excited. We're so excited because it's, it's great to finally feel like we're slowly turning the corner into the new phase of wrestling and the popularity of that because wrestling is all cyclical. And so it, it has to come back around eventually. I think the sellout from the United Center, I think the sellout from the Arthur Ashe Stadium, this is all just 
like a snowball going down the hill. We, we cannot be stopped. We're all excited for it just because this is what everyone has been wanting and been working towards. We just want to present the best product possible and to say that, hey, the other company, WWE, looks at us as competition. You're damn right they do because who else would they look at as competition? We're making all the right moves. we got the ratings on, on lock. Uh, it's just a hot time for us. And the fact that we're still a startup company and we're going up against a, a, a tenured company like WWE, I think that's pretty cool. And I think it's great for WWE as well because we have competition now. And obviously we know that competition breeds better product, uh, better wrestling. It just it brings out the best in anyone. So if fans have an option to choose between AEW or WWE, if the wrestlers have an option to choose between AEW or WWE, I think that's great for the business in a whole. Yeah, absolutely is. I mean, like you said, it should spur everyone on to do better business, right? And I feel yeah. like, um, you know, if AEW weren't motivated enough, man, like this recent run has just been insane to see. Like it's just hotter and hotter every week. Yeah, and, and, it, and I don't see it stopping. And I'm so thankful, too. Like, I'm so thankful that everything is, is working and people are enjoying the stuff that we're putting out there. A couple of things to finish on, Ricky. Like, uh, I want to say quick fire, but if you have stories that come with the man, then that is up to you. But we're just going to get to know Ricky Starks a little bit better. Is that okay, brother? Absolutely. Number one, what was your first car, Ricky? My first car was a 2000 green Honda Accord. I loved that thing i loved it unfortunately funny story i parked my car at a gas station because we were going to carpool to a show up in dallas right didn't get back to the car until about 1 30 a.m as we're pulling up to the gas station there's a bunch of like uh, cop cars around lights going on so what the hell they must have got robbed or something yeah as i turn the corner of this gas station to pull it to my car all of the cop cars are surrounded by my car I guess a drunk driver had hit, jumped up through the parking lot, up the curb, ran into the dr- the passenger side of my car and hit it and just scraped along the whole thing. And a few other cars, too. And I couldn't drive it because when it hit my car, it actually pushed in the wheel well of the back passenger tire. Oh, and then, of course, the insurance... Uh, Totaled it, man. Oh, uh, no. That was the death yeah. of the Accord. Yeah, and that was it. But you know what? She was on her way out anyways. The transmission kept slipping. So it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, there you go. She served her purpose. She knew. Um, uh, favorite car. <laughs> what was your first job? My first job I actually worked at Office Max. Ooh. Worked at Office Max, and they had me climbing up at least a a – like a 10 foot ladder putting up these heavy ass office chairs at the very top of the, uh, the shelving unit. And then when people bought chairs, I had to go up there and take them down. So it was, that was a crazy job. I, uh, we sold like um, shelving units with the doors. Mm. And so when, during downtime, I would just go in there and sleep. And got <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a good option. My friend, if you ever hung over, in you go. Yeah. I mean, that's what I pretty much did. I'd walked in on Sundays and was just like, wasn't feeling it, just was sleep. <laughs> Is there um, a wrestler in the business you've met thus far that starstruck you? 
that starstruck me. I wouldn't say starstruck me, but obviously Undertaker is my favorite wrestler of all time. And I did train with him. So to do that was crazy in itself and uh, a bit nerve wracking sometimes. But once you get to know him, you're like, okay, it's just, he's just chill, dude. Who cares at that point, right? But, you know, he's still the Undertaker. (laughs) Yeah, still, I mean, to get in the ring with my favorite wrestler was insane. Um, what uh, I was gonna, I normally say at this point, what's the worst injury? But we know what's the worst bump would you say you've taken? There was a time on NXT that I actually got thrown over the top rope and uh, I hit the ground, and it was by Big Cass actually. He mm. threw me over the top uh, with his arm underneath my armpit, and right over the top rope, I went. And when I landed, I hit the uh, I hit the ground, but I hit it so hard that I bit my tongue. I almost, I almost bit through my whole tongue, but I had a huge gash along the side. And so eating anything was such a pain in the ass. Oh my God. That that's probably one of the worst ones I've, I've had. That was like, Oh, just annoying. Yeah, exactly. Like how could you even prepare? Um, what about like the most used app on your phone? Let's see. Uh, the most used app would probably have to be I like my Twitter app. Probably mm. I'm on Twitter quite a bit, but I mean, I, I really get tired of social media, honestly. So I'm I may delete my app so I don't have access. Not delete my account, but just the app so I can't do anything. Just to give myself a little break. Yeah, I think that's healthy. Sometimes I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely, um, dude. Uh, what was I going to say in terms of your favorite comedian? You got one? Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Well, damn, it's a hard one. So I love Bernie Mac, but I also love Dave Chappelle. I'm so I would say those two. I'm yeah. going to see Dave Chappelle in the UK. He was meant to be August, but they just pushed it because of everything going on till October. Right. But I've got those tickets on lock. You're lucky, man. I haven't seen him live. I couldn't imagine the atmosphere, but I, one day I will. Yeah. Have you got like a favorite TV show? Uh, my favorite TV show? Mm, I have multiple ones. That's a, so when people ask me for like, what's my favorite? I can't ever give them because I, I Let's like break it down. Let's break it down. Yeah. Are you like a cartoon guy? Do you like series? Tell me. I like series. I like cartoons. I'm not a very, very specific person. I love Family Guy. I love Kirby Enthusiasm. I watch Martin a lot. Martin is on Prime. Um, it's on Prime. I didn't even know that. Amazon Prime's great. Also, I love Euphoria, who has Zendaya in it, the girl from Spider-Man, sure. uh, new movies. Love her. Uh, yeah, so I would say those are the main ones that I watch on a consistent basis. Um, Master of None was another great one that I really enjoyed that I tried to start watching again. I always ask those questions because sometimes, you know, like people take inspiration from what they watch and their favorite personalities uh, and i'm intrigued like you know because you are such a good talker i wonder if there's anyone that you've ever kind of studied but maybe you're just a natural ricky no yeah honestly people ask me that quite a bit where i where i draw inspiration from and it really isn't from anything it's like i grew up in new orleans and people in new orleans are already characters themselves and how they talk and things like that and i am an old soul so i actually hung around older folks more than I did younger folks. Mm. So a lot of the things that I say or mannerisms are just from the people that I grew up with, which were just these, the, the older, uh, the older people in the neighborhood. 
sure. that would watch me as I ran up and down the street and they knew me as a kid. Finally, if there was one Ricky Starks match, right? Let's just say somebody is listening to this pod and they're like, man, you know, uh, you wanted to turn someone on to Ricky Starks. It doesn't have to be AW, it could be anything. What would you direct them to? That's a hard one. All right, can I, I'm going to give you two. Yes. So one would be me versus Darby Allen from, I think, September Dynamite. Right? Yeah. Because we had for that. I think the next one would be me versus uh, MJF on YouTube. I think those would be the main two. I think people would really enjoy it. For what, me. what promotion was that in? That was for... That was for Inspire Pro. Okay. I'm going to have to yeah. look that stuff up myself. It, it's a pretty long match, but those would be the two that I think people would really, really enjoy. Well, hopefully, man. I mean, I'm guessing all out, Brian Cage. Is this the goal? The goal, man. If it ain't the goal, that's okay, too, because our pay-per-views are also on Wednesday nights at Every week. 8 p.m. Eastern. So even if I don't have the matchup with Brian Cage at all out, if I got the match on Dynamite, that's still just as good. Fourth week in a row, we're over a million viewers. Come on now. That's a million people seeing me. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a bigger reach than the pay-per-view. Exactly. That's where the draw is, man. Uh, either way, hopefully we're going to get that match. Can't wait to see it, man. Um, like I said, the build has been thoroughly enjoyable to me. Uh, almost as enjoyable as having you on Talk Wrestling today, Ricky, man. Thank you so much for stopping by. Hopefully one day... We might get to do this in the flesh. Either you come over here or... Honestly, I think a UK tour may be in the works. Maybe. Not Mm -hmm. sure about it, but that's, again, me manifesting it. So when I say that, I'm simply manifesting that we're going to be in the UK. And we've learned what you manifest happens. We've learned this. Yeah, look at me now. So (laughs) I'm I'm hopeful for that. I love the UK. Um, and I, I really love Europe, so I'm, I'm ready to get back there. Man, we'd love to have you. Like, I've loved having you here on Talk Wrestling today. Ricky Starks, thank you so much for joining us here on TalkSport. Jordan Grace, Ricky Starks, Talk Wrestling on your Fight Night feed from TalkSport. A long one for you this week, but Ricky Starks, how sensational was that conversation? How good was Jordan Grace as well? And how funny is it that I can't say the word sensational, despite the fact I say it about 30 times a day? It's one of those words that's really caught in my lexicon in a really bad way uh right alex mccarthy is the man doing these interviews he is the absolute man check him out on twitter check out the fine work the talk wrestling are doing at talksport.com forward slash wrestling and we finish off the show this week with a fascinating interview because it's like a, a time capsule piece it's a moment in time suspended because the the, the kind of up and coming potentially brilliant jay Atlas has been cut by nxt and prior to that happening, he spoke with our very own Alex McCarthy about what his hopes and dreams were for his wrestling career. Welcome back to Talk Wrestling here on Talk Sport. Of course, this is the Talk Wrestling Podcast, the only place where you can get pro wrestling on national radio airwaves in the UK. I'm delighted to be joined by the one and only Jake Atlas, man. Very excited to high fly himself in the house. How are you, man? Oh, I'm I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Um, heard you. I've seen you plenty uh, on the internet, so I'm very, very honored to be to be here today. It, it, a, AKA, I spent too much time on Twitter. I, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's how we get the cookie crumbles for me. I'm afraid, but 
nonetheless, man, I've been a fan of yours from afar for a while. Um, you know, very excited when you signed for WWE. And even like, you know, seeing you work Pete Dunne earlier this year and stuff like that. I think it was back in March, I want to say. I've took I think a stab so, at it. Yeah. If it was, then great. Um, <laughs> I, you know, again, like just, just that kind of technical style, I thought, yeah, it's, it's so great to watch, man. Let's talk about arriving in WWE. We know that you've obviously performed in NXT 205 Live. Uh, I've listened to you, you know, say when you got the call and it was so cool because it was kind of like your brother's fandom that you yeah. brought to life almost. It's amazing when you think about it like that. Talk to me about uh, how who gave you the call and how the wheels got moving and all of that good yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah, I just remember um, it all happened so fast. So I did uh, PWG out in Los Angeles uh, for about, I uh, competed in Battle of Los Angeles and there was a, there was a WWE recruit there, um, but there was also Jim Smallman who works with NXT UK sure. uh, and Jim Smallman was there and we had a long conversation the whole night uh, as we were watching the show. It was the first time we'd ever met. He tweeted me, said, this Jake Atlas fella is pretty good. Um, and then I DM'd him and we met up like at the show and we just talked for like the whole night. And it wasn't even about wrestling. We just talked about our personal lives and how much we had in common. And within a week, he got in contact with Canyon Seaman and William Regal. Uh, and then I got the call within a couple of days or within that week after that, um, because there were a lot of other promotions that were also interested in me at the time. Um, and Canyon just reached out and I got the call while I was at the airport, Philadelphia airport, uh, in between an independent wrestling booking and yeah, just got the call. He offered me a contract and I was just in awe at how fast everything happened. I didn't think that it would have been done in a week or two, like the interest or, or the offer, or even just a conversation with Canyon um, or, or, or uh, Mr. Regal. It was just, it was just so fast. That's the best way I can describe it. And yeah, I just remember at the end of that phone call, I immediately called my brother because he was the one who got me into wrestling. You know, he was the one who would force me to sit down to settle down um, when I was trying to, <laughs> jump around the living room. He was the one who always like settle me down to watch SmackDown at the time. And just, it was just so surreal to have it like full circle almost. I was like, Hey, he unfortunately fell out of it now and doesn't really watch um, the product. Uh, now he does now that I'm in it. Uh, sure. but he fell off, obviously as he grew older, he kind of fell out of it and I kind of stayed with it. So to him, it was kind of, Whoa, he actually did it. So it was just really, really awesome to just share that experience with him almost the day that it happened. And I, it's just a cool memory to have. It's so wild. Like you just said, how, how quickly it moved and, and all yeah. that great stuff, you know, and then when you're starting at the performance center, uh, again, like I'm going to imagine, cause you said your brother watched WWE as a child. So WWE was kind of always the goal. I'm going to assume how, was that when you walk through the doors and you're, I guess, you know, we all know the amazing minds that are in the performance yeah. center, kind of mind blowing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so my association with WWE more or less kind of started when I filmed the reality show undercover boss on CBS. Yeah. And I remember they filmed us. It didn't, it didn't come out on the show, but they obviously they film a lot of content and they filmed us individually walking up to the performance center doors and opening the doors. And I remember I said, 
this is not the last time that I'm opening this door. And I was there to film a reality show. I was there. I wasn't even offered a contract. It was merely for the show. Um, and, you know, I, obviously I got the opportunity to meet Stephanie McMahon and ha- build a relationship with her. But just remembering that moment of like literally saying whether it was to myself. And I remember I said it out loud as well as this isn't the last time I'm opening these doors to then, you know, two, I believe it was two years later or even a year later after that. No, two years later showing up to the performance center as a contracted talent and as a WWE superstar and opening that same door and being like, yeah, this is because, you know, first day that you go to the performance center, you walk in through that same door. And I just remember it was a flashback to that moment. And so it was kind of just destiny. It was, yeah, I've always wanted to work for WWE. It was something that was a dream of mine since I was a young, since as far as I can remember. And to kind of, know that I set my mind to it and said, you know, I'm going to do whatever I have to do and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it there. And then open that door again was just kind of fulfilling for me. Uh, have you had a chance to see Stephanie since you've been a WWE superstar? No, that is, uh, that's the crazy part. And I've seen, I've, there have been a couple of times where she's been at an event or she's been at a, at an NXT takeover and I, I wasn't scheduled to be there or, you know, just, just like, miss like miss timing of just like she's somewhere and I'm like oh no why was I not there and it, it's crazy that yeah to this to this day I still haven't seen her again uh, I've chatted with her and messaged her via email I try to keep that relationship strong but yeah haven't had a chance to see her ah that'd be poetic well, it will happen one day my friend yeah it will happen one day uh that's the thing as well because it's kind of famous that you had said to Stephanie that you were going to be the first openly gay wrestler right in WWE Uh, and I've also seen you say before that you don't want that to define you as a wrestler so uh, talk to me about how I guess you know difficult it is balancing you know being yourself and and being the ultra talented wrestler that you are but I guess also you want to be a strong representative for your community as well like it's I guess it's a juggling act yeah and I have to admit that even just now you know a year and a half in later into WWE I'm 26 years old. I'm still growing up. We all are still growing, no matter how old we are. Uh, Our perspectives change, our minds change. I think, you know, I definitely want to be remembered for my talent. And I definitely want people to pay attention to what I'm doing because of my talent in the ring, because of the story that I'm trying to tell you, because of the attention I'm trying to get from you. Uh, I think that that's my ultimate goal, but I can't forget also where I'm coming from and what I want to do, you know, at the end of it all. Like there's so much to me, my mind transcends just wrestling. I want to be able to become a star outside of, uh, of wrestling and outside of WWE and outside of sports entertainment um, to, 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 to kind of break out and show that, you know, being gay doesn't hold you back. It doesn't define you. It doesn't, there's so much more to offer than just being gay, but that, that can be a strength as well. I mean, being the only openly gay male superstar on the roster is an advantage for me, but there's, there's, there's a market out there of LG, of the LGBTQ plus community that can tune into NXT. There are so many more fans that we can get by seeing someone like Jake Atlas on TV. I, it, to me, it, it, it's become a strength. And I think initially, and, it, and obviously I've had to grow you know, over this past year to realize this, I think I was almost afraid of, of, 
of kind of defining myself as just the gay wrestler. But I think I've come yeah. to a point where if that is who I am, because it is, uh, then I have to be strong enough and make as much of an impact because there's no one else like me right now. And I have to run with it and I have to, I have to be a superstar. Mm. I'm so glad you said about that because one of the videos I've watched of you on WWE's YouTube channel was you talking about like changing the world, right? You would love to, uh, I guess it supersedes wrestling, the yes. influence and the impact that you could have. Um, like talk to me a little bit about that mindset, I guess, because um, although uh, and I'm trying to think of the right way to word it because your wrestling is obviously, I guess, what underpins, you know, a lot of what you are because yeah. you are that great. And obviously you've made it to the highest level there is in wrestling. Right. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, you've got more granular thoughts of, of expressing yourself perhaps. Oh, a hundred percent. I think just being from uh, growing up in Los Angeles and being from the suburbs and watching the LA lifestyle and seeing how fast LA moves, it just inspired me to, to just believe that there's so much more than sometimes what we limit ourselves to. And in, in no way, shape or form am I saying that I'm limiting myself by being in wrestling. It's just, yeah. that was my dream. That, that is exactly what I've always, that this was the path that I was meant to be on, but I'm inspired by, you know, by the rock. I'm inspired by John Cena. I'm inspired by Batista, but the one thing that I don't have in common with them is, is my sexuality. And again, that is a strength for me. How I want to be the first gay superstar that breaks out in maybe into Hollywood or maybe into reality TV or maybe in, in, into, into some sort of media um, outlet, because that's just something internally that I've always wanted. And the more, I mean, the bigger the platform, the more you can make an impact that that's all it is for me, the bigger Mm -hmm. the impact, the bigger the platform that you have, the bigger impact you have on society. And if I can show the world like the LGBTQ plus community is here and it's loud and we're proud and we can be anything we want to be and we can be successful and we can be uber famous, like then that is what I'll do. That is I'll or I'll die trying. Yeah. I mean, Sonya Deville seems a great representative on exactly, that matter. Yeah, 100%. Too. Yes. She's, and she's, she, oh, she's someone that I look up to so much. I mean, over a million followers on Instagram, um, getting close to it on Twitter, like, and she's doing great. Like she is a superstar in and of the word. And that's something that I aspire as well. I want to help her continue on this message that we're, we're great. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And speaking of great, let me let me pitch this to you. Kenny Marquez is a good wrestler name. Why, <laughs> J- you know, why gotten, Jake Atlas? Tell oh, me. I've, got, I've gotten that a lot, actually. Uh, my former trainer back at home uh, used to say that as well. Uh, you know, I, I guess I just have to be so great that I can make both of them a name, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. You know, join the Rock Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> It works. It works. Um, I guess the other thing I want to talk about in terms of your NXT run, again, I've really enjoyed some of the dance partners you've had there. Um, you know, I guess I just want to get into what motivates you as a wrestler, right? Because watching you with someone like Champa or, you know, even in the Cruiserweight round robin, as we would call it in the UK, you know, yeah. um, where you faced Kushida and, and people like that. And I know you have done a lot. I just, again, like just watching that kind of, 
you getting those opportunities and us being able to see it on TV was really cool. And NXT, obviously, they're doing the breakout tournament now. We've yeah. seen other people coming through. Like, that's one of the charms, I think, of NXT. Um, being able to work with some of those guys on the roster, do you feel like that's brought out the best in you and that's kind of like what keeps the fire burning almost? Is it the art? Oh, 100%. I think we all want to be the best at this, right? Everyone says, I want to be the best wrestler in the world. I want to be the best superstar in the world. Um, and I, I do believe that in order to become great, you have to challenge yourself and push yourself against people who are great. And so, you know, wrestling, uh, going up against guys like Champa, going up against guys like uh, Kushida, you know, I'm testing myself with guys who have wrestled all over the world. And to me, it's just it's just a challenge that I feel will only help me get better and will help my ultimate goal of getting that bigger platform of attaining fame so that I can push my message of, you know, equality and success and, and that we're all the same. You only, I mean, it's that these are little battles that are big, you know, uh, going up against these veterans, Sure, but it's, it's, it's only an incentive to then blow up the big picture, which is just gain, n- 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 uh, gain notoriety. Not- yes. <laughs> gain <laughs> attention uh, and, and, and just break out and, and become one of them hopefully and have someone who's just starting out, maybe look up to me one day and say, Oh, because I wrestled Jake Atlas, I became this. Um, so, yeah. How would you kind of um, chart that WWE journey thus far? Because I think with, <laughs> I'll say this with all the greatest respect in the world to 205 Live. It's one of those shows where the work is so great, but under the WWE umbrella, it's one of the less celebrated, I would argue, in terms of viewership, perhaps. But again, we've seen so many guys, um, well, they do great work there and use it as a springboard to move on. Of course, I'm talking about Ali, uh, Murphy down the line and so many others. Um, What what would you say to anyone who hasn't seen like your work in 205 or or the show in general? Well, I think that 205 Live is probably one of the most exciting shows that we have. And I think that there is an audience uh, for it. And I do think that people, because of the, because of the hard work that the, ta- that the talent does put in, people become interested in what's going on. And I don't think that, and at least in my opinion, and this is solely my opinion, that it hasn't become an afterthought. I think that a lot of people still tune into 205 to see what the newest talent is. I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. new talent debut from Australia, like Grayson Waller. Um, you know, we've uh, from India, Guru Raj, you know, we've uh, independent uh, veterans like Asher Hale. We just, it, it, to us, it's just an opportunity to show our talent even more so. And a WWE 100% pays attention to what's going on in 205 Live because that is how we get more opportunities, whether it's on NXT or the main roster. I mean, I did a run for six months, maybe more with guys like Tony Nese and guys like Davari who helped me so much. And I'm incredibly grateful for their knowledge and for their guidance. And if I, there to me, those matches were just as important as the matches on NXT with Pete Dunne, with, uh, with Kushida, so it's it's a growth and and I feel like every brand gives every superstar that is growth because that's what you should be looking uh for. Absolutely. Um I've got I've got some Jake Atlas dream matches in my mind. But when you look oh. across 
you look across the brands, right? I mean, like I'd like to see you in there with Tyler Bateman. Like, I'd like to see that. Um, a kid as well is wildly good over here in NXT UK. And of course, that's before we even think about the Rey Mysterios and things like that. But uh, when you like, if you nah, the landscape of the world, I guess, is still ever changing in the pandemic. But like in a perfect world where there is more synergy between the brands and travel was was fluid are there guys you know uh, there are obviously obvious legends but there's some ultra talented guys across the company have you got a few that you'd love to share that you just think could make magic well uh, obviously tyler bay is uh one on the top of my list but one that came to mind over on the nxt uk is fraser i'd definitely like Ah. to get a ring with him uh he's someone that uh i don't think we ran cross paths while i was on the independent wrestling scene but now that we're on the same under the same umbrella, he's on NXT UK. I'm on I'm on NXT. If the when if and when travel is allowed again, uh, I'm totally up uh, for doing that. A kid as well. Um, but I'm just seeing the stuff that Fraser's doing. He's incredible, and I would I think that would be an amazing mat- matchup. <laughs> you haven't got to sell me on that at all. <laughs> um, if anyone who's not aware listening, that'd be Nathan Fraser, the Seth Rollins graduate. Uh, who obviously made the transition to NXT earlier this year, man. What a what a great impact he has made on that brand. Mate, it's been amazing to have you on the show today. Again, like I said, long-time fan, so really appreciate you stopping by here, Talk Wrestling. Uh, Jake Atlas, man, wish you all the best moving forward. Thanks for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. Jake Atlas joining the Talk Wrestling podcast. Don't forget, new release schedule. Every Tuesday morning, check it out. Talk Wrestling for you. From Talk Sports, your very best place for all the grabs. We've got some, we have got some more exciting stuff coming up, not just the podcast, but keep checking out the website, talksport.com forward slash wrestling. Uh, and don't forget, WWE is coming to the UK next month. SummerSlam is on the horizon. All Out is on the horizon. Keep an eye out for some pretty stonking content around all of those things. Thanks so much for listening. Do give us a rating and review. Helps more people find the show. Lots of love. This has been Talk Wrestling. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.